Welcome to Grace and Glory, the radio ministry of Grace Valley Christian Center, featuring biblical teachings of the Christian faith with Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and former professor in Greek and theology. Pastor Matthew holds degrees from Westminster Theological Seminary, and he pastors Grace Valley Christian Center in Davis, California, adjacent to the University of California at Davis. Today, we continue with Pastor Matthew's series on the book of Acts with a one-part message, Power to Proclaim. If you have your Bible with you, turn with us to chapter 2 of the book of Acts. Now here's our teacher, Pastor Matthew. Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Powered to proclaim. The people of the world are powered by money, by sex, by beauty, by fame. But the church of Jesus Christ is powered by the pneuma, the Spirit of God. In the upper room, the 120 were waiting in prayer together with women for the promised baptism in the Holy Spirit. And the Lord Jesus Christ is the baptizer. The element, the Holy Spirit, the candidates, not pagans, but believers, in Jesus Christ, who were assembled in the upper room. The baptism in the Holy Spirit was to power them to be witnesses of Christ's resurrection. This experience will equip them to preach the gospel, to preach repentance and forgiveness of sins to all nations in his name beginning at Jerusalem. This baptism in the Holy Spirit was to provide them with the power garment that they may not be spiritually naked and shameful and weak and powerless, but with courage and clarity preach the word to a hostile world. This baptism in the Holy Spirit was promised by the Lord Jesus Christ in Acts chapter 1. And is fulfilled in Acts chapter 2. In the first chapter we read of Christ's ascension. But in the second chapter we read of the descent of the Holy Spirit. And I want to speak on four points. First, prejudice. We should not come to this chapter with our own theological prejudices. We should not interpret baptism in the Holy Spirit on the basis of our own arid spiritual experiences or dead orthodoxy. We should refuse to interpret baptism in the Holy Spirit with an anti-Pentecostal bias. We should not interpret Acts chapter 2 in merely academic intellectual or defensive terms. We should not say Luke is only a historian. He is both a historian and a theologian. 
He not only narrates, but he also interprets. Luke's writing is based on the Septuagint of the Old Testament. He writes from an Old Testament background of the teaching of the Holy Spirit. We should say Acts of the Apostles teach us also doctrines, not mere history. Let me ask you the question. What do you call the book of Acts? Is that scripture? Is that scripture breathed out of God? And then the Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16, all scripture is profitable for doctrine, for rebuke, for correction, training in righteousness. And therefore, let us not despise the teaching that is in Luke's work, the book of Acts. So let us understand, the book of Acts is for doctrine as well as for knowledge of church history. There is no book like it in the entire Bible. We should not despise Luke by interpreting him through the eyes and theological perspectives of Paul. Luke should be studied for his own perspectives and contributions. There are people who have interpreted baptism in the Holy Spirit in terms of entire sanctification. In other words, if you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you are perfectly and entirely sanctified. I do not believe that. And then there are people, friends of mine, who will preach and teach that baptism in the Holy Spirit produces regeneration. As I read the book of Acts, I do not see baptism in the Holy Spirit effecting regeneration. The 120 were believers in Jesus Christ. Do you agree with me on that? The apostles were believers in Jesus Christ. They repented. They were promised. They were pronounced by the Lord Jesus Christ to be clean. The book of John chapter 15 and verse 6. They confessed, my Lord and my God. They confessed, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. They confessed, where can we go? You have the words of eternal life. They worshipped the Lord. And the Lord breathed on them the Holy Spirit. No, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is not for regeneration. Oh yes, the Holy Spirit does many things in the application of Christ's redemption. It is the Holy Spirit who convicts the sinner of his sins. It is the Holy Spirit who regenerates a sinner, who raises him up and makes him alive. It is the Holy Spirit who sanctifies the church. However, the main purpose of baptism in the Holy Spirit is to empower believers to become powerful, bold, confident, articulate witnesses of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in a hostile world. So it is important to get rid of our own prejudices. So point number two, what is it? What is the purpose? Powered by the Spirit to do a job. The purpose is revealed by Luke in the 24th chapter of his gospel and verse 48 and 49. 
Jesus says, you are witnesses of these things. His apostles, I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. You are witnesses and you will witness, but you must wait until you are clothed with power from on high. And in the first chapter 1 and verse 8, Jesus said this before his ascension. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. Israel failed in their unique task of witnessing to the nations. And Jesus Christ fulfilled that purpose. He came to witness. And now that task is ours. You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That is the purpose. We read about this also in John 7. Everyone who is thirsty, come to me and drink. He who believes in me out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. That's witnessing to the saving grace of Jesus Christ by people who have trusted in him and baptized by the spirit of the living God. Turn with me to the book of Numbers, chapter 11, where we read about God taking Holy Spirit from Moses and putting it upon 70 elders to do a task. And when this happened, they prophesied. Joshua was unhappy because two people didn't come out. They were still in the tent, Eldad and Medad, and they were also prophesying because the Spirit of the Lord came upon them. And Joshua didn't like that. Numbers 11, verse 29, but Moses replied, Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets. And how can you be prophets? Here it is. And that the Lord would put his spirit on them. When the spirit of God comes upon the church. They all become prophets. Witnesses to the saving grace of God. When the spirit of God comes upon us. Our mouths shall be opened. And we will speak forth the gospel. So we notice it is the desire of Moses. For all the Lord's people to become prophets. That they speak in behalf of God. For this purpose the Lord must put his spirit on all of them. And not just the leaders. God revealed his eschatological program through Joel. Chapter 2 beginning with verse 28. And St. Peter quotes it in Acts chapter 2. In the last days. And the last day began. With Pentecost in the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy in the last days. And that has come. God is going to pour out his spirit universally. Not only upon leaders, but upon Men upon women, upon servants, upon all flesh. For the purpose that they may prophesy. That they may become witnesses. That their mouths may be opened by the mighty spirit of God. And under his control. 
and that they proclaim and declare and witness in a hostile world about the Lord Jesus Christ, that He is the Savior and He is the Lord and He is the Christ. So here is the Lord Jesus Christ, one who is greater than Moses. The Father baptized Him in the Holy Spirit. He anointed Him to preach the gospel to the poor, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The Father sent the Son to proclaim the gospel by anointing Him with the Holy Spirit. And we read in Luke, He was full of the Holy Spirit. He was led by the Holy Spirit. He went about doing good. He just go about. But he went about doing good in the power of the Holy Spirit. One who is greater than Moses. He ascended into the heavens. And this ascended Lord, having received the Holy Spirit from the Father, sends the Spirit upon the believers assembled in the upper room. Great outpouring of the Spirit. That the 120 and the women are drenched. As the Spirit was put upon the 70 from Moses. Now the Holy Spirit from the Lord Jesus Christ is coming upon all the believers assembled in the upper room. That they may be powered by the Spirit to proclaim the gospel. As the Father sent me, so send are you, he said. Turn with me to Gospel of John chapter 20. And let me read from verse 20 and 21. 21 and 22, and Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I am sending you into a world, a dark world, a hostile world, a pagan world. A world where blind philosophers mutter and murmur in their caves. And now look at verse 22. And with that he breathed on them and said receive the Holy Spirit. That ought to tell us in order to be sent into a hostile world. We need to have this baptism in the Holy Spirit. And so turn with me to Acts chapter 2. And verse 16, St. Peter now tells us, This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. What is happening there is what was prophesied by Joel in regard to God's eschatological program. In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see vision and old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I'll pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. And verse 21, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Therefore, this prophecy has something to do with speaking about the Lord. And finally, everyone who looks to the Lord, who trusts in the Lord, who believes in the Lord shall be saved. Point number three, prepared by the Lord. All of them were sitting in one place, in one accord. And I suppose they were sitting in the upper room. And we spoke last Sunday, they were preparing for this Pentecostal outpouring. They were there in submission, in spiritual unity, in supplication, and in serious scripture study. 
suddenly on a Sunday, on the day of Pentecost, 50th day after Easter Sunday, when multitude of people from all over the world were in Jerusalem for the celebration of the past of the Feast of Weeks, Feast of Pentecost, or Feast of Wheat Harvest. When you read Acts chapter 20, you notice at the end of the third missionary journey, St. Paul was making his way to come to Jerusalem to attend this Pentecostal festival, which took place during the good weather of May, June. It was a day when people did not work, but focused totally upon this celebration. Suddenly, the end of waiting, suddenly, their waiting came to an end. Suddenly, they heard a mighty sound coming from heaven. This is not the sky. From heaven means where their Lord was seated. Suddenly, there was the fulfillment of the promise of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The Lord Jesus Christ, the sovereign Lord of the universe, having received the Holy Spirit, poured it down upon his church. The church was baptized. The church was drenched by this mighty outpouring. And the Spirit's work is symbolized here by wind. They heard the, the mighty sound. And this sound was like the sound of a rushing mighty wind. The Holy Spirit is not sound or wind, but it is symbolism. Wind symbolized Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit and the invisibility of the Holy Spirit. And that sound filled the whole house. They not only heard the sound, but they also saw something. The sound was supernatural. But they also had a sight. There is sound and there is sight. Sight of tongues of fire. There appeared to them tongues as of fire. Not fire, but as of fire. We are talking about the Holy Spirit. They saw the tongues as of fire. Dividing itself, separating itself into several tongues of fire. And resting upon one believer after another believer. The fire began to spread. And the mouths began to open. And they individually and severally began to speak in other tongues. The Spirit of God. In other words, was resting upon each of them. Not just on the apostles, but each of them. Men and women, servants, everyone. And when Jesus was baptized also in the Holy Spirit, there came sound. But it was the sound of the Father's benediction. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. But there was also the sight. Sight of the Holy Spirit in bodily form as a dove. John tells us, resting upon the head of Jesus and, and remaining upon the head of Jesus. Jesus, later in the synagogue of Nazareth, spoke this in reference to that particular baptism. And he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And now the church is anointed by the same baptism for a purpose. 
which is not to make money and, and become famous in the world, but to declare the saving grace of Jesus Christ in the world. St. John tells us in 1 John chapter 2 that we have the anointing of God abiding with us and resting upon us. And now suddenly, on the festival day of Pentecost, the Lord Jesus, the baptizer from heaven, pours out the Holy Spirit upon the heads of the believers. They heard a sound. They saw a fiery sight. It is speaking to us about this great truth. They have been baptized in the Holy Spirit once for all. And that term is used in Acts chapter 11, verse 15 and 16, with reference to this experience by the people of Caesarea. In other words, they are prepared and equipped and qualified to proclaim the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Remember how Moses saw in Exodus 3 the bush on fire yet not being consumed. Here the church is as Eve on fire and not consumed. The Spirit of the Lord was resting upon the church. What a sight! Church on fire! Fire that gives first of all light. We are the light of the world because Jesus Christ is the light of the world. The blind philosophers who are in a cave cannot help the world. They cannot save you. They cannot declare forgiveness of sins to you. They mutter and they murmur. The blind in a cave without exit. Fire gives warmth. The fire that warms our cold hearts. The spirit poured out the love of God into our hearts, says St. Paul. In Romans 5 and verse 5, that we love God with a perfect heart. And we love one another as ourselves. And beyond that, that we love our own enemies. Fire that purifies. Purifies us and cleanses us. Remember Isaiah in chapter 6. His lips were touched. His mouth was touched by the live coal from the altar. And he was qualified to proclaim the gospel. Fire of the Spirit of God that energizes us. We are weak, but he is strong and he strengthens us by his Holy Spirit. When you are persecuted and reviled and mocked, remember St. Peter tells us the Spirit of God and of glory is resting upon you. It is the Spirit that strengthens our inner man. It is this Holy Spirit that causes us to be bold and unafraid of the world in our mission. With this power we witness and say salvation is found in no one else but in Jesus Christ alone who died for our sins and is raised for our justification. This fire of the Spirit is our power garment par excellence. Why should we be afraid when the pillar of fire is with us goes before us, and he's also behind us, and he is in us. But understand the symbolism of fire. God is also judge. This fire also reminds us to fear God enough, enough to obey him. For our God is a consuming fire. We must fear him who is the judge of all. And we are told that this fiery tongue rested on each one. 
Every believer was baptized in the Holy Spirit. By the risen Lord. Every believer was prepared and equipped by him. As he was anointed by the Father. The Lord anointed every believer for the witnessing task of the church. We have to do a job. And what is that job? Number four. Proclaim. Proclamation. Witness. The purpose of this baptism is the proclamation of the gospel. That the Christ promised in the Old Testament. That Christ who was to die and be raised again according to the scriptures on the third day. That Christ came. That Christ died. That Christ was raised. That Christ ascended. That Christ is seated. That Christ is the Lord of the universe. And that Christ has poured out his spirit upon us to preach the gospel. And that Christ is Jesus. He was crucified for our sins. As Isaiah prophesied. He was buried. But raised from the dead. Appeared to many. Ascended into the heavens. Seated on the right hand of the Father. He's pouring out. His spirit upon you and upon me. And so we are to proclaim. And tell repent all of you. Of your sins. If St. Paul can call himself as the worst of sinners, then you should be able to do it. And I should be able to do it as I pray. Worst of sinners, damnable sinners, merited damnation. And yet to us, he gave us the best of heaven, Jesus Christ, and an inheritance in him. Don't you think that will thrill your heart as it thrilled the heart of St. Paul to declare the gospel? And as a result of this once for all baptism in the Holy Spirit, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And out of their innermost being began to flow rivers of living water. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ sends the rich empty away. And he fills the poor with himself. Maybe you are very rich, self-sufficient, independent, powerful. Let me tell you, God has no use for you. When you are filled, something must happen. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. They were filled and they spoke. Let me tell you, they didn't speak about the weather. They didn't speak about their, about their children, about their uncle, about their job. They didn't speak about any of those things. It's interesting. They didn't speak about none of these things that we speak about. They spoke about the mighty things of God. Chapter 2, verse 11. They were praising God for the wonderful things he did. When they were filled in the control of the Spirit of God, they spoke the content that the Spirit of God gave it to them, and that content was Christ. You have been listening to Grace and Glory with Pastor P.G. Matthew. 